The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 190th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Dude, uh, let me tell you. I'm doing pretty, pretty freaking awesome. Uh, Pretty fantastic. Um, uh, If some of you might have seen... On the old Twitter sphere, uh, my my boys FTR, they announced the F. They have been talking about it for a while. They finally decided to release it, the FTR Legacy title, seven stars, and on one side is a picture of Cash, one past side there's a picture of Dax, and then it says FTR on the leather, and then uh, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful beautiful belt. It is made by. I'm gonna make sure I get the name right because I don't want to do do one wrong because it's a beautiful belt. It's a beautiful belt. They followed me earlier today, so. Oh, where where they they followed me? Oh, where it? Where it's miss? I'm missing it. All right, yeah. So I put a little uh, thing about uh, the greatest on here today, and it's just like, oh, okay, so. It is made by Main Event Belts. All right. So Main Event Belts, they're based out of the UK. It's a legacy title. Uh, I guess they got presented it this week. It says FTR across the belt. I mean, it reminds... Uh, it reminds me a bit of, uh, you know, like like in tone... Of the super kick title from uh, the young boys. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same thing, of course, but it's just like, yeah, it's like one one belt plate is uh, it says top guy Dax Harwood, on the other uh, it's it's uh, Cash Wheeler top guy it says Living Legends top guy out on the bottom, and then, of course it has two fists, which is kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, very excited about this. They're only doing twenty. Uh, they're only doing 20 different, um, uh, oh yeah, the limited release 20, $1,500 a piece. Yeah. And it starts Friday. So it is, it is not a cheap title. I will say that it is not a cheap title, but, uh, yeah, 
your boys game. It looks cool. Yeah. yeah. It also reminds me, do you remember those all in belts that uh, the Young Bucks and Cody got? Kind of reminded me of that one, too. Yes. And for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be my signature wrestling piece. Like, period. It's going to be. I don't like. I, I never planned on starting a wrestling collection at all. It's just I started going to every show, and then I would get this at the show, and I would get that at the show, and then shop AW, and I ended up becoming a wrestling collector, and it, it was like an accident. But um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's gonna be my prize thing. It's, it's gonna be my prize possession, like easily. So uh, I am looking forward to ordering it and getting it, and it's yeah, it's kind of. It's it's dope to me. It's so like, and I look at my wife, and she says, "So when is it coming?" That's all she said. <laughs> Dude, somebody, you tell your like anybody out there, you're married. Tell your wife you're about to spend fifteen hundred dollars on a title. Yeah, and you're gonna get a, an ass whipping. My wife's like, "So when is it coming?" That was her question. So lovely, so lovely. Like that's what we all dream of. Yeah, the person that just gets you on that level. So it's just like, it's like okay, and she's like, and it was cause funny because when they first said it, the first time they said it, uh, uh, the first time they said it, they said uh, we're going to, how did they? They said we're going to pick the twenty people. And my wife looked at me, and with her little cocky attitude that she does, because my wife's a little spitfire, she'll be like, she was like, so you better be one of the people they pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know the belt's going to cost like $1,500. And she was like, you better be one of the people they pick. And I was like, man, yeah, yeah. I know I'm married to the right person. Just put it that Absolutely, way. yeah. But no, I'm 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 right there with you. I'm feeling good. I'm psyched and I'm excited for next week. Uh, we're recording this immediately after uh, Dynamite in Baltimore just ended. I'm just itching for Detroit, dude. I'm so fucking hyped for that show. I'm like so stoked. I'm glad that it seems like like we've got two Detroit shows already, and we're just getting cage matches every single time. I want that to become a tradition at this point. Uh, I'm super hyped for that. Um, yeah, and I'm fucking stoked because my favorite artist Ed Sheeran's dropping on on Friday too. So I'm fucking stoked about that. So I'm doing I'm doing solid though. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about though in AEW coming off of this episode of Dynamite in Baltimore. We're gonna get into all of it. First, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Make sure you also, if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us, share us around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and review. It really helps out the show. Uh, be sure also to subscribe and notify yourself so you never miss an episode as well. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex, are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And, of course, the big AEW news of the week is the fact that the pre-sale for AEW All in London at Wembley Stadium went down. A boy, Floyd, got his tickets. He will be there. I did not. I was too busy getting fucked over by Ticketmaster for Ed Sheeran tickets at Royal Oak for a super small subtract uh, show. Don't want to get into it. Fuck Ticketmaster. I didn't even get a chance. They sold out immediately, too, like I knew they would. 
your boy didn't even get a chance to try because I didn't get a pre-sale code. I got fucking waitlisted. But your boy Floyd, though, so, while I was while I was dying, got all in London tickets, and I'm hyped for him. And the pre-sale did numbers. So let me tell you, let me tell you, I I did have a bit of an odyssey trying to get tickets. I wanted to save it for the show. I was going to tell you before the show, but I was like, I'm going to save it for the show. So I get up. I actually took off Monday night because I, I, I had just worked a countless amount of OT hours. So I was tired. So I took off Monday night, not rem- for, forgetting that tickets went on sale at 2.30 in the morning. So it's like if I was already working, I'd already be up. But no, I had to get up at 2.30 in the morning. I I, I get on. Uh, I, I get my uh, account set up, have my card ready. I log in, get in the queue. 82 when tickets go on sale. I am 82. Highest number I ever got at a, uh, wow. one of those. I am 82. I get in, and I had my six sections that I wanted to sit in, right? And I got, the first time it came up, it put me in this other section, put me on the floor. I didn't want to sit on the floor. I wanted to sit in these 100 sections. So I got the section I wanted, like my number one section, 110. So I go in. And the first time is completely on me. I forgot to pick the United States. So when I was putting in the zip code for my payment information, it wasn't taking. It was saying wrong postal code, and I couldn't figure out why. And then I had to go back out. So I lose those tickets because it takes me way too long to figure out what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. So And, you know, I'm trying to rush, and I'm, like, panicking because I don't want to lose tickets. So I don't, like, breathe. So... I, I So I go in for the second time. I breathe. I was like, okay, I pick United States. All right, get section. Not 110, 109, right? Again, one of the six sections I wanted to sit in. Put, put my thing in. Not taking the card. Put it in again. Nope, we're not taking your card. Put it in again. Screw you. Not taking the card. So I lose those tickets. This time, it kicks me out and gets me back in the queue, right? Oh, no. So I go back through the queue. I keep refreshing, get another set of tickets. I don't know what the freak is going on. So I tried four different payments. None of them are accepting it. I I mean, I don't have much hair, but I'm about to pull it out, right? I, <laughs> I, I don't have ticket anxiety anymore because generally, you know me. If I don't get what I want, I'll just wait on the secondary market. But I've literally had the tickets that I wanted in my queue ready to purchase four times at this point. I am, like, upset. I call I call my card companies, and they say, you know, it's on their end. There's nothing you're doing wrong. It is on their end. Call Ticketmaster. Well, we don't know what's going on. Right. First of all, it's really hard to find a Ticketmaster phone number. So get a Ticketmaster number. They're like, we don't know what's going on. Right. So I missed the whole first pre-sale. So I go in for the second pre-sale. But before I get on, my friend Jeremy got up. Jeremy Donovan, keeping it strong style, social suplex, the pod father of the social suplex. And in today, my hero. Because he asked me this simple question. Again, so I want you to know, I work in IT. I work on computers. This is what I do for a living. I have restarted my computer. I've cleared my cookies. I have made sure I was entering in the card right. Like, there is no logical computer reason 
that this shouldn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, did you save your card as a, uh, did you save your card in the stored payment information? I'm like, no, because it's still submitting the same information. There's no reason. But okay. I'm like, dude, I'm desperate. I want tickets. So I store my payment information. Get in there. They're only giving me tickets in the 500s. I'm like, the pre-sale, 43,000 tickets. They only, for each pre-sale, they only allotted a certain amount of tickets. So this pre-sale is apparently sold out. So I go to the platinum seats. And I go platinum floor. It gives me section T, which is on the pitch, which is on the ground. I think it's going to be like risers. I'm hoping it's risers. Otherwise, these are the shittiest tickets ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, so I buy these tickets, and uh, I pay a little more than I want. I get a ticket to the Fan Fest. I go through it. Boom. Right through. Amazing. No problem. So shout out to the legend, the real MVP of my life, Mr. Jeremy Donovan, because literally wouldn't have thought of that. Like, I, I I work with people that work in databases and stuff like that, and they said, there's no reason that should have worked. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no reason that should have worked. It doesn't process the information. They're still processing your name, your address, and the card number and expiration date. Still processing the same information. But rejection after rejection after rejection, I got through. I am going to... London, I am going to Wembley Stadium. The boyhood dream comes true since nineteen ninety two. So excited for you. Since 1992, Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith main <clears> eventing. <throat> I've always wanted to go to a British, wanted to be a part of a British crowd. Always wanted to be a part of a British crowd. Uh, different progress shows and stuff. I, I'm, a, I'm a procrastinator. I am a terrible procrastinator. So I could never make it go through. I have submitted my passport information. I have... Bought tickets to the show right now. Like, dude, I'm going to London to see a wrestling show with, I can honestly say at minimum, probably going to be about 60,000 people. My number has always been 82,132. I don't know why that number, that number has popped up in my head. I don't know why. I, I But, and, you know, it was like, uh, you're just saying a number. I'm like, no, dude, I, I just think. England's hungry for a big show. They are. You, you can't do, you only can do the first show in a territory once, right? So this is the first yeah. show, and it's going to be an amazing show. And if uh, a certain Chicago made punk happens to headline the show, absolutely. I, I, think, I think it'll get to 80. I think it'll get to 80. But uh, I think they should do like All In. I really do like the original All In. Uh, I would almost make this a one-off, almost completely different from All Out. Like, this is an all-star show. I'm talking Kazuchika Okada. I'm talking Will Ospreay. I'm talking the biggest names in professional wrestling. The dreamiest of dream matches. The trioist E of trios matches. And, like, dude, just like... Like, there was... If you remember the first All In, there was only one title match. I know. There was only one. It was just a bunch of banger-ass matches. And I think that's what All In should be this time. I don't think there should be a lot of stakes in the matches. I just right. think it should it just, be... It's the dream match show. Yeah, it should be an all-star game. 
And that way you can still stick to your storylines and have your stakes for And all have out. your stuff set for all, all out. out. Yeah, exactly. Yes, but this is the all-star game. You do MJF versus... Yeah, you do MJS versus Tanahashi or somebody like that. You you do all these dream matches. Brian Danielson versus uh, ZSJ that we've talked about for years. You do all the big shit. But, yeah, like I said, none of the matches, you know, count or whatever. Like, no titles on the line. And just have a fucking amazing time, except one title. FTR versus whatever champion you want so they can add another, uh, you know, uh, feather yeah. in their cap. Now, like to me, Aussie Open, they are. I mean, they are from Australia, right? But they are as a UK of a team as you can get. So Aussie Open versus FTR in Wembley Stadium would be a banger. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but again, the numbers. 43,000 tickets already sold in the pre-sale. They're still doing general admission sales on Friday. Um, already Dude, doing they, great. They, they have another special sale tomorrow. Like, uh, I think, yeah. like, the Ringside Collectibles people are doing, they're sending out a code for you. It's like, yeah. No, it's uh, it's going to be the bangiest of all bangers. So, I uh, everybody get tickets, especially if you look in the UK. I have... So many pictures with our friends from the UK, and they're always here. So I'm going to get all mm-hmm. my pictures with my friends in the UK in their homes, in their home area. It's a shout-out to all of them. I, I love them all, man. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievably uh, an incredible night, I'm sure. I'm Like I said, I'm so excited uh, for that show and when it takes place. I'm so excited that you get to be there. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm stoked you got tickets. Like I said, I, I, I dedicated my time to other things and got burned like fucking burned um but yeah so regardless it's gonna be an amazing time and i would have never made london anyway it's during like that's literally near the first week of high school football season i ain't gonna be able to make it dude Dude. we're we're gonna be way too crazy yeah like you know what and everybody's like you know my always say the first thing on my list of the reasons i can go places is my job right that's mm-hmm. like I love my job for that. They do whatever it takes for me to go somewhere. I think maybe in the eight years I've got, I can count on one hand the amount of shows I've had to miss because of work. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's crazy because you think about the amount of shows I've been to. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so like I can say count on one hand the amount of shows I've missed. Uh, the amount of shows that I've uh, missed because of work. So. For sure. Yeah, but that is our big news of the week. Um, we'll move over now to AEW Dynamite Baltimore. Now, the reason we didn't do a show, we tweeted this out last week. We, the reason why we didn't do a show last week was because we were fully invested in the NFL draft and all that stuff. Um, so we weren't able to talk about the debut of the one and only Roderick Strong uh, coming out to help out Adam Cole against the JAS. Um, now... When 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 uh, Kyle O'Reilly gets healthy and we can get another undisputed era without bum ass Bobby Fish screwing everything up and stinking up the joint, uh, it's gonna be amazing. Just have to say that. And the fact that people honestly thought he was still signed by NXT, we honestly thought this dude was still under contract. It was so quiet on that regard, we didn't even fucking have an idea. And then he just shows up and. Amazing pop. I just had to mention that because we weren't able to talk about it last week. No, and I do. Uh, yes. Uh, 
there is very few times in wrestling that you can truly, and I mean truly, truly actually, you know, like shock someone. You know what I mean? And I had no clue that he wasn't with WWE. That That's how shocking this was. I had no clue that he wasn't, you know, like signed with WWE, that his contract had expired. No one that I know had reported this. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That was a feather in their cap. And they were in Sunrise, Florida. Roddy Strong lives in Florida, so no one could see him on an airplane or anything like that. They snuck him in, and apparently the only people that knew he was going to be there were the people that he were in the ring with. So, man, shout out. Now he works with his wife, Marina. Got a lot of yeah. Like, got, like, got a lot of married couples in AEW, uh, or together couples in AEW, not necessarily married. So that's it's, it's really cool, because uh, Roderick Strong is one of those, like, there's nothing he doesn't do well in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, like he's in ring, next level. He's he's top performer. But as far as when you need character work, uh, sh- shit, when you need a decent promo, you know what I mean? Is he going to knock you off the socks? No, he's not the rock, but he's going to give a good promo. It's nothing in wrestling that man doesn't do well. So I am mm-hmm. very happy. He's a Swiss Army knife. Very happy to have him. And anytime you got Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole... <laughs> and uh, Roderick Strong in the era. era. If you don't see people throwing up the UE, I don't know what to expect. So it would be kind of cool to see them as you know faces. So that'd be kind of cool. Oh, absolutely! No, I'm I'm really excited about it. I was like I said, I got caught so off guard. I love the joke that went around that uh, Roderick Strong's uh, logo looked like Sean Ross Sapp. So people were like, "Is Sean coming out? Like, what the fuck?" Um, I thought that was a funny little joke. Dude, um, but that- dude, let me say, when I saw it, it looked like SRS, not That's RS. what I thought, dude. That's what I thought. And I was like, no, they're not having Sean Ross Stapp come out and then Roger Sean. I was like, and I like my wife's in the other room and I audibly like yell because it's like, this is the second time they've gotten me. Like Jay White and this one, I'm like, like I thought Jay White was signed with the signing with the WWE. That was all the rumors that I had heard. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Robert Strong, I didn't even know he wasn't with the WWE. And he comes and they both come out audible yell. I am very happy to have Roger Strong in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. That led into how this show started off in Baltimore with Dynamite. We had Orange Cassidy, the AEW International Champion, teaming up with Adam Cole. Bandito and Roderick Strong facing the JAS, Angela Parker, Matt Menard, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager, with Chris Jericho coming down to the ramp and sitting at rinks, singing at comment, sitting at commentary with the T-shirt of Dr. Britt Baker with a black eye. Which also, y'all complaining and saying that that shirt, like AEW making that shirt, promotes domestic violence. You're fucking stupid. I want to, like, honest to God, say that. A lot of times, um, I try not to be as blunt. I, I try not to be as blunt. But if you're honest to God going out being like, that t-shirt design promotes domestic violence, you do realize this shit is fake, right? Shut the fuck up. Like, seriously. Some of y'all are so fucking mental and just itching, itching for something to be like, 
what can I what can I latch on to to fucking try to bring this company down? It's insane. It's so, absolutely insane. My problem my problem has been this. If you go to Britt Baker's page, this is not even her first bloody first Exactly. Shirt. This is this is not even her first bloody face there's, shirt. Yeah, this is there's shirts of her with blood dripping down her face, and then all of a sudden the one with a black eye. Yeah, that's the one that you're fucking triggered by. Yeah, do you? It's like to me, it's like it's a combat sports shirt. You know, it's like I don't even, I don't even know. And 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 I know this is about to be so simplistic, and I know this is not how the world works, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you don't like the shirt, keep scrolling and just don't buy it. Yeah. Or why does it have to be that? Like literally, if you wanted to, if you wanted to honestly go like, 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 okay, you released this shirt, haha, it's cool for storyline. Who the hell is gonna buy this shirt? I'm, I'm with you, honestly. I don't know who's gonna buy the shirt. Me personally, <laughs> I'm not gonna be wearing a shirt of a busted, uh, like a, like a. I didn't buy the bloody. Uh, I will say that I didn't buy the bloody uh, Britt Baker shirt just because I'm like, I don't know what. Like, I already get people weird looks. Have I told this story before? Actually, I got the funniest fucking story actually about wearing a wrestling shirt in public. No, no. Um, so I was in New York for SummerSlam, uh, and I was like, tr- I was on a train. I was like on the train heading towards uh, Brooklyn to go uh, do a meet. Like I was going to meet uh, Becky Lynch. Uh, so because I didn't have any Becky Lynch shirts at the time, I actually wore a Sami Zayn shirt because I knew they interacted on a. I don't know if they'd done uh, the mixed match challenge yet at this point, but they had done stuff on a B on a uh, up up down down before. So I was like, okay, they're friends. I'll wear this shirt, I guess, because I don't have a Becky Lynch shirt. Um, but I was wearing it on the train. It's the one where he's got like the ska pose, like where his arms are like doing like the little run thing, and he's got the flat cap on. He's got the red white on it. I like, I that's the best I can describe it. But I was wearing it, and someone, honest to God, looked at my shirt. And thought it was a Nazi logo. I'm not even kidding. I was like, "Are you okay?" They were like, "Are you okay wearing that?" And I was like, well, "I mean, it's a wrestling shirt. I mean, like, he's like, no. I mean, it's like, it looks like a Nazi logo." I'm like, "No, no. This is a person. This is a person doing like a little like pose. Like, it's not a Nazi logo. I promise you." It was the fucking weirdest thing I've ever gone through before. And I've looked at the shirt and I'm like, "Does this? Do people honestly look at this shirt and think like that's a swastika?" Dude, so uh, I've done that. Um, I mean, I have uh, I have the redeemed uh, redeemed these nut shirt. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. So uh, I have that shirt. Uh, exactly, I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like if you're upset about that, it's like, like, bro, that shirt says these nuts on it. Yeah. So it says it like really big, and they're like, well, it says Eddie Kingston. Who sees the Eddie Kingston? Yeah, Everybody no, trust me. That's the first thing they're gonna see is the D's nuts. They're yeah, the redeem these nuts uh, shirts, and I like I wear all sorts of different shirts. I you know I wore my you know just like like literally any of any of my FTR shirts or whatever. But I have the Britt Baker, I have the and new shirt, and I have one of the bloody face shirts. Right? Mm-hmm. No one's ever said anything. Exactly. And if I wear the black eyed shirt, I have somebody asked, oh, she's a wrestler. That's what I'd say. Somebody yeah. looks at me funny, oh, she's a wrestler. And they'd say, okay. And then they move yeah. the fuck off. 
Exactly. No, it's it's the it's the fucking craziest thing that people were latching onto that. I was genuinely stunned. Yeah, now, if it had like Adam Cole on the front on the side, so like I already told her once. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Then yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just a woman with the black eye. Or and like I, get get the sandwich right. I'm just like yeah. Okay, I get it. No, but then and that's what I'm saying. It's like most of most intelligent people you know, can differentiate on these kind of shirts. Can it be taken that way? Yes. It can be taken exactly the way that you want. But, but like I said, like, was, like, the people I've got a Sami Zayn shirt that people take, took as like a fucking swastika. Yes. When it's like not even, like, intelligent people would look at that and be like, that's a person. Like, yeah. that's a ska reference. The, but I'm saying the people that don't won't know what it's talking about don't watch wrestling anyway, so they don't matter. It's like when you wear Ed Sheeran shirt with a Eric Sheeran lyric on it, right? And someone sure. is like looks at your shirt and they don't know what the lyric means, right? Dude, I have a necklace. Yeah. I have a I have a necklace because uh, you know, all his albums are are math symbols. So I have a plus like uh like like a plus uh necklace, and people mistake it for like like uh like a cross, like you know, yes. like I'm wearing like a Christianity cross. I'm like, no, I just <laughs> like Ed Sheeran. The people that are supposed to get it, get it. The people that aren't supposed to get it, don't get it. And that's as simple as that. You know yeah. what I mean? Or they'll be like, oh, you're a math major. No. Uh, no, no. It's, it's Like I said, it's just one of those things. It's just like, it's like everybody wants everybody to be gotten to. But, yes. you know, you don't necessarily have to be. And I'm not going to change the way I dress, what I wear, what I purchase based on what someone else thinks. Now, when I worked in the office, of course I was going into work. There's certain stuff I couldn't wear. And, there, and there's a lot of my clothes I wouldn't wear to the office. But I work at home, so I wear what I want all the time. But yeah, when I go to the mall, I just honestly I don't even pay attention. I grab a wrestling shirt blindly out of my closet, throw it on and go. And they'd be like, oh you wore that shirt. I I, I don't even think about it. But that's me I know people like to be angry. I mean, it is 2023, and everybody's favorite pastime is anger. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, it's like, dude, I'm bored. What am I going to do? I'm going to go scroll Twitter until something pisses me off. And, exactly. Yeah, and then <laughs> I'm going to get involved. But regardless, uh, yeah, uh, the match yeah, itself, so, the eight-man tag match, honestly, it was pretty solid, I will say. Um, oh, God, I it loved, was so I loved how Adam Cole just... At, in between the match was just looking to go towards the ramp to get towards Jericho. And then regardless, once the match was finished off, when Adam Cole hit the boom knee and then he uh, gets the pinfall, when he literally sprints out of the ring and just fucking runs up the ramp towards uh, the broadcast table uh, trying to get Chris Jericho, who's too busy screaming and staring at the monitors that he doesn't even look up to realize there's a giant, there's an Adam Cole chasing after me. And he just jumps him and they beats the shit out of him. And he's like, he's a menace. Get him out of here. I just loved how that was the first instinct that he had. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, um, opening I, match, honestly, I, I, was pretty strong, I will say. I did. Awesome. I loved uh, Daniel Garcia's little dancing, you know. Yes. Yes, I, I loved his little groove. Uh, I, I just thought it was really fun. Chris Jericho on commentary was amazing because he's like, if somebody was messing with my loved one, there's no one that can hold me back. And it's like, you know, Adam Cole was handcuffed uh, when they were beating on a, a Brit. It was just hilarious. He was he was being such a dick, and it was amazing. Yeah. So 
After the match, though, uh, there was an interview with Jack Perry and Darby Allen, Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. And basically, there's them being like, you know, um, we're the ones that's starting stopping this from happening so we can get the uh, four-way like we all wanted. Um, and then also, Adam Cole was being taken out of the arena while Chris Jericho was just screaming at him like, get out, get out. And Britt Baker gets so pissed that she just comes up and slaps Chris Jericho in the face. And because he's so, like, dazed, he just fucking falls down. Um, which I also love them her getting a little bit of revenge too. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was uh, really cool. Um, yeah, it's just like um, I, I love how it's uh, moving the story forward. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's that. Then we had a really good uh, Blackpool Combat Club backstage promo where Danielson was talking about how you know. Well, first off, he takes a shot at Bret Hart, and he goes like, you know, well, there was a man whose son said he was the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Uh-uh. How, how ridiculous that can you believe in that? To think that there's nobody better after you. Let me just say this: I've heard Dax and Cass in a live show say their dream opponents, their next tag team they want a feud with, are Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Yes. Yeah, there's one person in this world other than, you know, uh, Dax's wife and daughter that you don't talk about without expecting a fight. And that man is Bret Hart. So I feel like it's leading to something there. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that might be coming down the road. Yeah. Um, So he makes that comparison, basically. He's like... um, Saying like I even even if this little shit Yuta get like I want him to surpass me one day. We want AEW to be the best wrestling company that there ever has been, and that's because we make people better. And that's what Moxley was going on. The elite should thank us for sharpening them. It's like look, there was a time when you guys were cutting edge, but I don't know, like you just haven't been. And so you get the steel cage match between Mox and Omega, and Mox Omega. Those two, it just hits different. Said we get more better and dangerous every single day. I got a whole new version of John Moxley. I can't wait to show Kenny Omega, and we're gonna leave one hell of a mark as he motions as he's gonna he got a scar going around his face. Um, <clears throat> the hype for this match for me is through the roof. Like we'll talk about Kenny Omega's promo uh, in a, just a minute, but anytime I get Danielson cutting a promo or Moxley cutting a promo, it's just money. <clears throat> I love that their gimmick is that the world has gone soft. Yes. Without without saying those words, that is their gimmick. The world has gone soft. Yeah, that is uh, that's hilarious to me because you know it's like a lot of people say it all the time, but they're 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 saying it without saying it, and it's like people always say, uh, "Can you do? Can you be a heel in a different way?" You can. You know, they're saying the same heel shit. That the elite have went soft. They're not professionals. The elite doesn't want to leave the world better than where they brought it in. You know, the Blackpool Combat Club wants to leave it better. They're they're raising Willer to be better than them. And he's like, who has the elite taken under their wing to make better than them? And it's just like, dude, this is just such a good, good way of presenting it because the it's not, it's not a heel promo. It wasn't a heel promo. It was very much uh, how you look at it promo. If you're a Blackpool Combat Club, that was a face promo. We're trying to make the world better. You're not. 
if you're an elite fan, it was a heel promo. We think you've gone soft. So I just think this is a very interesting way of telling the story, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Kenny Omega, John Moxley in a cage. Uh, dude, yeah, that's that's just money. That's just money. I was about to say, the first time I ever did a, hey, they announced something one week, and then I buy a ticket the next week was, uh, I think uh, it was like the early December they announced Kenny Omega versus Moxley in Jacksonville. And I like literally that night bought a plane ticket, went in and watched the show, watched the first winner is coming. So that's what I'm saying. It's just like, it's that type of impact right there. That That's the type of impact that a Moxley and Omega match gets. And you're going to have it in a cage and you're going to have it on cable television. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then we have the outcast Soraya facing off against Willow Nightingale. <clears throat> and this was a pretty okay match, I would say. Uh, Willow has done pretty well in her matches in Soraya in these, like, not incredibly long matches, but these matches that feature a lot more interference. Uh, she shines a lot more on it, too. Um, and there was a ton of interference in this match with, by the outcast. Soraya's had Ruby Soho and Tony Storm get involved. Uh, Ruby got fucking pounced against the ropes, which is really awesome. Uh, but eventually, <clears throat> Soraya hits the goodnight on her, and she gets the pinfall and beats Willow Nightingale, and they start beating up Willow after the match. And then my girl, Hikaru Shida, comes out, and first time we've seen her in months, and she runs in with her kendo stick. She's got her arm ready to go as the outcasts are just staring at her. And then she hugs them. And I was just like, what? Hikaru Shida hugs Tony Storm and, and hugs Ruby Soho, aligns herself with the outcast as she prepares to line up Willow Nightingale and hit her with the kendo stick as, uh, as uh, the Soraya and all of them and the outcast get them get Willow held up, getting ready to hit her. And as she winds up, winds up to hit, you see Dr. Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hader come up. And she is just like, nope, y'all got y'all got swerved. And just all of a sudden, that's when Jamie Hader and Dr. Britt Baker jump the outcast. She just starts slamming them with her kendo stick. And then she grabs the spray. But also, she grabbed the spray paint because she was going to spray Willow in the face with it. And then she sprays Brit, uh, spray Soraya in the face with the uh, green spray paint. And then that's eventually when they spray AEW across uh, Soraya, Ruby, and Tony's bodies. And thank God that was a swerve because they had me. They had me, honestly. I was just like, what are you doing making Sheeta heal? I was like, what are you doing? I was like, no, 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 no. Don't you dare do this to me. I was First off, I was very happy to see her back. I was a big surprise to see her come back. But then her hugging them, I was like, what? Because I was like, what reasoning would she even have to join the outcasts? And then thankfully... All a ruse, all all a uh, setup, and yeah, Sheeta coming back and aligning herself with uh, Britt and Jamie was amazing, and it, the segment worked really well. Honestly, they got me fucking hook, line, and sinker. Honestly, dude, good work, dude. Let me tell you, in my head, I had the reason that she had turned on them. I was like, dude, think about it. When she was a champion, it was like Britt Baker was a heel, you know. 
the whole audience turned on Cheetah to go for Britt Baker. I mean, there's your reason right there. But uh, yeah, they kind of got me like the moment. And this is this again. I watch wrestling too long, so sometimes getting lost in the fun doesn't happen for me when I want it to happen. She didn't hit anybody with the kendo stick. Yeah, I mean, the, she comes she down missed. to the ring with the kendo stick. No, she and, hit people with it. No, I'm saying she hit Willow. Huh? She didn't hit Willow. Yeah, no, I know that, yeah. And when she didn't hit Willow, I was like, oh, she's not turning. Gotcha. The heel turn would be her beating Willow with the kendo stick. She threw the kendo stick down and hugged him, and I was like, oh, she's not turning. Okay, gotcha. That's what I'm saying. I want to get lost, but sometimes my brain stops me from getting lost. I like I had jumped to that conclusion. Oh, she didn't hit her with the kendo stick. She's not turning. So they had me for like a few seconds, <laughs> and then it was like, oh yeah, I'm and I'm like on See? the phone with Jr. and we literally, I was like, oh, she's not turning, and he's like, why? I was like, she didn't hit her with the kendo stick. She has to beat Willow with the kendo stick for it to be a heel turn. Right, because then otherwise yeah. there's no coming back from that. We'll yeah. Be like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that's how you turn heel. And then it's like, I hate that Willow had to be the sacrificial lamb. I hate that Hakara Shida was there and Britt and Britt and uh, Jamie were under the ring and they couldn't help her before she got pinned. Yeah, about they, that. It's called wrestling logic. Ignore it. It's just fast forward past that part in your brain. That's the kind of stuff that you, you have to put out of your brain, but it's just like, so y'all had it four on three, but you still let her lose. I, you know, Willow should turn heel. No, even though she would be the worst heel ever because, you know, her whole thing is that she's happy. Uh, but uh, no, uh, I really enjoyed this segment. I, this thing with these three are is progressing too damn slowly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my only critique about it. I like yes. the three-on-three. Three. It's progressing so freaking slowly that I could see someone more casually losing interest. No, yeah, yeah. And I, like I said, I mean, I, I I like like where it's going. I don't like that it's taking so long to get there. No, yeah, I'm I'm kind of right there with you. We've been like that for a while, and I think it's just because we've had so much weeks of just filler. Yeah. Like so if this if this had happened if this had happened like a couple weeks ago, then. No one would have cared, I feel like. Yeah, so we got our three-on-three, three, right? Or at least, yeah, we got our three-on-three three going into maybe, I don't know, maybe they do it in Austin or whatever. So we got a six three-way. I mean, a uh, six-man. Maybe we get it next week, whatever. But it's just like whatever it needs, what's going on needs to progress a little faster. Yes, for sure. But then we had a really interesting uh, promo uh, segment from the Trios World Champions, the House of Black, where they said, come one, come all, because there's going to be an open house for their trio's titles. They threw them on the ground, basically, at one point. It was like, we're defending these on our terms, basically. So they're doing open house rules, um, which I'm going to try to remember exactly all the rules to them. First off, they said they're going to have 20, like 20 second count out rule. So it's it's not a 10, 10 second count out. It's a 20 second count out, basically. So you can't run and hide as much as you would like. Uh, there's no rope breaks. Um, there are disqualifications, but there is also some sort of like what was the thing that they said after that? That there are disqualifications. Uh, like, yeah, because they uh, need balance. Okay. Yeah, some sort of. 
No rope breaks, optional DQs. Optionals, yeah. So you got to choose whether or not you wanted DQs enforced or if you didn't want them. Because that's how they balance it out is by letting the other person decide. He yes, said the world but, needs balance. Yep, so, but the main thing is no rope breaks uh, and 20-second countouts instead of 10. So it's a cool way, honestly, for them to kind of like change up things a little bit. Um, and it fits in line with what they what they've done. And it just makes it exciting to just to see uh, who ends up coming for those trios titles. Because, again, House of Black is one of the most uh, entertaining trios that AEW has. And there are a good amount of trios that are on the roster that can go after House of Black and they can get some big wins under their belt uh, with those titles. So. Um, and that would lead into uh, the uh, Trade Mayo uh, Battle Royal as well. Yes, that, I, I didn't even realize that it was like literally it was the May third Trios Battle Royal. I, I yeah. didn't even understand. I was like, that hit me way too late. It's like when you you've noticed something, but it takes you way too long yeah. to notice it, and it's like, oh. But I'm still, I'm one of those people, I don't really do the shame thing, so I'll tell you when I, I find myself looking silly. I was like, oh, so, because I, I saw the name of the turtle, I was like, that's, I, I don't get it. Why did they have to, oh, it's the May 3rd turtle. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this kind of, I felt like this kind of also gave you an idea of like who would be going after uh, House of Black first in those open house uh, matches. Um, So the teams that were in the Battle Royal were, Lucha Bros and El Hijo del Vikingo, uh, Kip Sabian in The Butcher and the Blade, Dark Order featuring Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver, uh, the Varsity Athletes, Aria Davari, Josh Woods, and Tony Nese, the Acclaimed, and QT Marshall, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Aaron Solo. Um, they, apparently, they don't call them the factory or anything like that, but I guess because Hobbs is in it, it's like not it's, exactly. they're, ca- they're called QTV. So. Oh, just, just straight up QTV. Yeah. yeah. So they're the QTV crew. Okay. Um, this was an okay, I will say, this was an okay Battle Royal, I felt like. There were some good moments in there, uh, specifically. I loved how um, Johnny Hungy got a little bit, because we haven't seen that dude do it much in quite some time. And like I remember there was a point where uh, John Silver was literally one of the, one of the most like entertaining side things that AEW had, and could do fun stuff. So I was glad at least that they got to have him do some fun shit before they eliminated the Dark Order. Uh, the teams that it came down to were Kip Sabian, Butcher and Blade, and uh, the Acclaimed. Uh, Daddy Ass getting a lot of big momentum in there as well. Um, I also especially loved um, the way that like uh, they had, because Kip Sabian, Butcher and Blade also had Penelope Ford by their side too, the way that she would try to get involved sometimes. Um, but eventually, you had stereo famous famousers from Anthony Bowens and uh, and uh, Billy Gunn, uh, which knocked out Kip Sabian and Butcher, and they threw him over the top rope. The acclaimed win uh, the trios the trios uh, battle royal uh, from May third, um, and that kind of gives me the idea that they're going to be the first team to, that gets a chance to kind of go after uh, House of Black with these house rules matches. Yeah, and that makes sense because uh, the you know the House of Black, one of the most over groups in AEW, and the Acclaim might be the most popular tag team in AEW. I mean, you know, 
uh, pretty damn close. Yeah, I'm like, I may say they wouldn't make my list because I am ever so slightly biased. But uh, yeah, you know, they're probably like they get the biggest reactions of anybody in the company. So uh, yeah, so the claim versus the House of Black, that's the nice build up there. And uh, I think I think at this point, Billy Gunn's been looking at Jeff Jarrett and he's like, why is he getting all the run? Look at me. Look at me. Exactly. I'm literally bigger than everybody on this company. Like, dude, it's like there's big and then there's Billy Gunn big. Who just like, oh, yeah. Like, dude is ridiculously large. Uh, and I like if you watch in this battle world, this is like if you want to watch like a closer wrestling fan, if you want to go back and watch this, look at the crafty veteran. He doesn't do much in yeah. this battle royal. He's a lot of times just standing in a corner, throwing a few punches, whatever. He was like, his movements were, uh, you know, he he was uh, on reserve. You know what I mean? And I love, and you know, I, I hope this doesn't sound like an insult because when you're that age, I'm like, I don't care how the kind of shape it is, you should limit how many times you're bumping. So it was genius. It's just like it's something I'm watching the match, you know, kind of watching the match. And I just kind of noticed that, like, this was a very efficient performance by Billy Gunn. That's the word I'm going to use. Efficient. He was efficient. I'll agree with that. (laughs) Yes. But but yeah. So moving off from that, though, we had Sammy Guevara backstage and MJF comes out and Sammy's like, look, I'm not stupid. I watched the show back, back last week. You got into a car because after they had uh, done their little, uh, like they got chased off a bit, uh, MJF gets in his car being like, go, go, go. He's like, sorry, Sammy, there's no seats available. Like it's full, the car's full. And they literally show the camera inside the car. There's nobody else in the car other than the driver. And he's like, so Sammy's like, what the fuck, dude? You left me by myself. And he's like, look, I'm sorry. I I promised myself I wasn't going to get emotional but i i I have a back issue i have i've had a chronic back issue from carrying this company for so many years fucking great line he's like look i needed the car so i could have it to myself spread out i apologize uh and sammy apologized saying he shouldn't have doubted him and there was a point where sammy uh where uh uh, mjf literally kisses sammy on his forehead which fucking oh my god and then they just said you know what we're good we're gonna have our main event at Double or Nothing, like we always wanted. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing, and um, yeah, uh, nice little funny backstage thing. Sammy and MJF are yes. So, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I had it on mute. They are gold together. Sammy and MJF are gold together. Uh, When they do a full-on one-on-one feud, whenever that is, it's going to be amazing, especially the talking back. Because, you know, Sammy, is is he a strong one? Is he a strong just put the mic in his hand promo? No. But, God, his comebacks, when he's coming back on people, that's when he's at his strongest. When he's just, it, it seems like where he's just coming off the cuff. As long as he's not thinking about it everything comes off more natural and he's like yeah i thought this whole segment kind of shined on sammy Guevara." yeah no honestly it, it worked out really really well for him um we then had kenny omega and don Callis respond to john moxley being like you're telling me you have a plan for next week you're telling me all this like stuff new john moxley um don Callis then got involved too, talking being like look at this scar on my forehead because 
I've had every time I've had to look in the mirror, I've had to be reminded of what you did to me. That you're a sw- sick, twisted sociopath, and it will come to an end in Detroit when you meet the god of pro wrestling. He's like, look, you might make me bleed, John, and you might be so sadistic that you make yourself bleed. But at the end of the day, everything comes to an end in Detroit. You're not going to be left standing. And what you and the BCC did to me, the Young Bucks, to Kesha, what you did to Don, you made it personal. And it all ends next week. Uh, goodbye, good night. Um, also, I will say, there's one person that he did not mention uh, that the BCC jumped. There's one other person who also got pretty messed up by the BCC. He left a guy out. Oh, no. And it, it, this, it, this is the brilliance of AEW, right? Kenny Omega does not like Hangman. He is, he's like, me and Hangman aren't friends. He's made that very clear. The Young Bucks like Hangman. Hangman likes the Young Bucks. Kenny Omega does not like the Hangman. Hangman is the guy that technically put him out for a year, even though we know. Yeah, so he doesn't like him. And I love that. I love complicated friendships. The thing about it is everybody has a friend that another friend doesn't fuck with. And that's Kenny Omega and uh, Hangman right now. It's like, I mean, you friend with the Young Bucks. I'm not friends with you. And they're not afraid to say it to each other, and I like it. Yeah. After that, we had the TNT champion Wardlow beat up on some guy named Logan. And then afterwards, he's like, I can do this all day. I haven't even broken a sweat. Christian, bring your monster out here. We'll do this thing right here in Baltimore. Open TNT challenge. Uh, Christian walks out and be like, look. Christian says, Baltimore, you're ignorant. You're trash. Keep it down. I'm conducting business because, look. This title shot that you're offering, it's not going to belong to Luchasaurus. It's going to belong to me. And Wardlow was like, oh, I see. So Christian has made it clear he is going after Wardlow for the TNT title, um, which is honestly what I prefer, honestly. I like Luchasaurus. I do. Um, But it's more interesting, honestly, with Christian. I just feel like that's just how I personally feel. Um, though we, I'm sure we will get the big meaty men slap and meet with uh, Wardlow and Christian. I mean, Wardlow and... Uh, uh, Luchasaurus very shortly, I'm sure. I, I think Christian is going to get the most out of Wardlow. Yes. Christian puts together, you know, a good match. He got a lot out of Jungle Boy that we hadn't seen before. I think he's going to get the most out of Wardlow. And the idea that, like, a lot of times, the reason the Haas matches doesn't work with Wardlow is because the, how Wardlow is booked to win is he has to win dominant. And that's really not how you should win you know, a Haas match, but he can beat Christian dominant, right? And that's not a big deal because Christian's smaller than him or Christian can cheat and win. There's a lot of different, I think there is more story with Christian than there would be with Luchasaurus. Yeah, no, that's honestly got the truth. Um, afterwards, after this, we had a weird segment of uh, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, and Jeff Jarrett visiting Mark Briscoe uh, in Sandy Fork. A five-star segment. Five-star yeah. segment. And they're just like, yeah, we just want to come out and help, help around the farm. Fucking Satnam has a overalls. Uh, fucking uh, Sanjay has uh, overalls. And they come out. They're fucking helping on the farm with Mark. Uh, Jeff's playing guitar for uh, his kid. And then that's when Papa Briscoe then comes out. And everyone gets a little scared, and then they go off. And you can see fucking Satnam Singh and all of them. 
dancing around while Satnam's holding the the holding the baby, holding the kid, and they're just dancing around. And Papa Briscoe is like, "Chicken, you tell me you trust that dope in the in the in the in the overalls?" And he goes, "Which one?" Because like literally, he's like, "Both of them." Like I get it, you're cool with Jay, but like you you trust those idiots? Um, uh, and that left it as that, and then. Jay Lethal issued a challenge to FTR for him and Jeff Jarrett to face FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships in Las Vegas. Um, now, did they specify that this was going to be double or nothing, or did they specify that this was going to be like either Rampage or Dynamite at uh, the MGM Grand Garden Arena? I they didn't specify, but I'm thinking it's going to be you know Jeff Jarrett has a way of getting himself in. And great matches, so I'll, I'm pretty sure it's going to be on Double or Nothing. I was outside hoping in that it was going to be in, you know, like in Austin in a couple of weeks because FTR is going to actually reply to the challenge next week. But we're we will see, we will see where it happens. I'm hoping if it's not in Austin that it is in the uh, in Double or Nothing because I am not going to the other shows that weekend. <laughs> Or you're not either, yeah. right? You're just no, I am not. No, yeah, I will yeah. only. I'm only going to be at Double or Nothing. Um, and me personally, I would like a team that's a little bit more like established to face FTR for the tag team titles at Double or Nothing. Yeah, it feels like me, this. Is, uh, this FTR, doesn't feel like a pay per view match. FTR versus FTR and Lethal feels like a dynamite match, and not yes. even a main event, like an opener. Yes. Yeah, like not, and no disrespect to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, it's just. No, and I get that they I mean, and I get that the story has been built around them for a while. But, I mean, literally on Rampage last week, uh, you had Jay Lethal versus Cash, and then the whole idea is that Mark Briscoe uh, got hit, but like he got uh, uh, Cash shoved into him by Lethal, and he was like, he started being like, Cash, what the fuck, dude? Um, I get that's like kind of what the story is that they're going with, but like, I'm sorry, dude. I want FTR to be against teams that like, you know, are teams. Yeah. I mean, there's too many of them. It would yes. be different if there wasn't, but there's too many of them. But uh, we will see. We will. I will let it happen. Uh, Dax and Cash can. I mean, Jeff Jarrett literally has not missed in AEW. Jay Lethal, excellent performer. FTR, their best tag team in the world. They would put on a very entertaining match. But for me, I like to be some suspension of like my disbelief where I think the other team could win right exactly. and, and i don't think they can win so maybe yes. maybe i'm wrong it just feels like hey this is your starter feud yeah so um after this though we had rock hard juice robinson face off against absolute ricky starks first of all happy 10 year anniversary to the bullet club just got to say that outright for life just had to mention that switch uh, yes um so, Jay White actually let Juice handle this match on his own, and he just walked to the back. Uh, so, this was uh, a really good match, honestly. I thought these guys did a really good job. Uh, I love, I fucking love, like, Ricky, honest to God, he, we're typically used to seeing people with major size hit the spear, whether it be Goldberg, whether it be Batista, whether it be Edge, whether it be... Uh, Roman Reigns. Um, Ricky's got a damn good spear when he hits it. 
Like, I got to say, first of all, because he'll hit that with such speed that the speed and impact as he goes off the ropes, it fucking hits, I got to say. Um, but these guys did a pretty damn good match. Um, Ricky at one point was like being, uh, I tried to carry uh, Juice Robinson up on top of the, st- of the steel steps and then fucking threw him off and just like had him just get fucking flat backed on the outside mat. And that was fucking great uh, as he got body slammed there um, but after the spear and the Rochambeau Ricky Starks got the victory Jay White then proceeded to jump Ricky afterwards um, that was going to happen but then eventually Ricky was able to have avoid it the Blade Runner tried to get the Rochambeau but then Juice proceeded to grab Jay and pull him out of the ring and then they ran off so. and, and Jay White um, so was, good Jay White's so good out, outside the ring. He like Ricky says, "I almost have you." He's like, "We don't do almost. Almost doesn't count." And he's Jay Lethal, and every, I mean, yeah, Jay White, and everything he says sounds like such like a dick. It was so, it yes. was great. Like even if you exactly. start to like him, you're gonna generally not like him. You're gonna genuinely exactly, not like yeah. Him. And this was a good. I, this was a really good uh, penultimate match for the main event, honestly, because. Like I thought this was a good match to kind of lead in and get you continue to get hyped up for the main event, I will say. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh and uh were this uh what's the golden bullet club, is that what it's called? Yeah, Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Club Gold goes. I mean, of course they gotta add a new member. I don't know who it's gonna be. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I don't feel like a two man group is where to go, but let's see wh- let's see where this goes. Yeah. We okay, then excuse me, move over to the main event. The four pillars tag match. MJF, the AW World Champion, and the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara, teaming up against Darby Allen and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Darby and Jack win. We get the fatal four-way, the four pillars four-way. Um the this match was great. Um there was a moment actually where before the match happened, MJF was like, listen. You're twice the wrestler Sammy is. Like, all you have to do to be able to make this happen is betray Darby. Because, like, look, you're not championship material, but I'm offering you a spot next to the throne. And Jack Perry immediately shut him down on that. But then Darby Allen walks in on MJF and Jack, and he goes, like, what's this? He's like, hey, you should talk to your boy about that. I'm just conducting business. And Jack was like, don't worry, man, we got this. And Darby's like, no, no, no. I got this because he's just like, fuck you that. I'm making sure we win this match on my own. I'm like, just because I don't fully trust you. So of course you had the distrust between Sammy and MJF had the distrust between Darby. So there's a point in the match where, uh, jungle boy. I mean, uh, where MJF and Sammy Guevara are arguing over who gets the final pinfall because of course they do. Um, eventually though, uh, Oh, also, I have to say this beforehand. There was a point where, um, uh, like, somebody's feet was on the ropes or something like that. I gotta remember. I can't remember exactly. I think, like, they had um, somebody's feet on the ropes, and fucking <laughs> the referee just comes over and just fucking knocks his, the, the feet down. I can't remember exactly the, the spot. Um, do you remember what I'm talking about? Where it's no. like, like his feet are on the ropes or something, and he like fucking straight up just knocks him down. It was the funniest shit. I thought. Because um, of course it came from the guy who uh, Bryce. It came from Bryce Renberg because of course it does with spots like that. Yeah, uh, it's so fucking funny when he does it. Um, but regardless, afterwards, um, Sammy Guevara 
uh, gets hit with a thrust kick, and Darby Allen, uh, uh, had, uh, Jack Perry looks like he's going to get the pinfall, though, um, and it was a blind tag. And then uh, Darby Allen was going to go for the coffin drop whilst, while Jack Perry was already going for the pinfall. And then, like, Jack has to get out of the way at the last second before the coffin drop hits. And that's when the pinfall happens. It's official. The, the Pillars 4-Way is happening. And Darby's just staring at Jungle Boy. It's like, just like, they're staring at each other. And MJF and is beside himself because his plan failed and fell apart. And Sammy's down after taking a long Um this was a great match, honestly. Um, I'm still a little like foggy on all the details because it just happened. Uh, but just I enjoyed the match from start to finish, um, and I think this four way is just going to be. Ex- I'm so excited for this four way. Yeah, uh, it was uh, great, and they have built up the perfect amount of dissension between all of them. Uh, yes, Darby doesn't trust Jungle uh, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy doesn't like Darby. Uh, you know, like I said, Darby said Jungle Boy and MJF are basically the same guy to him. And, you know, him and Sammy, he respected Sammy, but he didn't like Sammy. So it's just like everybody has their own beef with it. It's that four-way. I just think I just it's not many times you can say the main event can be the sleeper of a show, but I just truly think it might just be like Whatever your expectations are, it's going to blow them out the water. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And that closed out Dynamite for uh, this week in Baltimore, um, which was honestly a a pretty solid show, I will say. Um, But this definitely felt like the build-up show to probably what will be one of the biggest Dynamites before Double or Nothing, which ironically will be Detroit because – Holy shit, that show looks like it's going to be stacked. Before we get to uh, the matches that were announced for that, of course, for Rampage this week, which is on at an earlier time because of the NBA playoffs, uh, you got the firm deletion, which is going to be taking place. Um, Who all is in that match again? We got uh, Matt Hardy in Private Party. And then who else was also in that match? Uh, I know the firm, like majority of the firm was in there too. So Yeah, it's uh, Matt... Matt, uh, is it, and not both a private party, just one. It's just Matt. Oh, is it only just, is it only just, uh, Isaiah Cassidy? Yeah, Matt, Isaiah Cassidy, and Jeff. And then, and Hook. Those are their four. The other four are Ethan Page, uh, uh, big, uh, Big Bill, uh, Big Bill, Lee uh, Moriarty, and and, uh, Stokely. Yes, okay. Gotcha. I just want to make sure I got all the people that were in there because that's honestly the reason why you should turn in, tune in for Rampage at all is because of a firm deletion. I am excited about the cameos. I'm sure it's going to be – yeah, the cameos will, I'm sure will be lovely and it will be stupid dumb fun. Um, you also got Lucha Bros and El v- Vikingo teaming up to face QTV with Hobbs, Solo, and QT Marshall. Uh, Preston Vance will also be facing Mark Briscoe and then we're also going to have Jade Cargill in action but for Detroit next week. For Detroit, of course, Steel Cage, John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. But also, it was announced that we're going to get fucking a- another stellar um, international title defense between Orange Cassidy. But he's defending it against, oh, fuck. Oh, D- Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't know why that stuck out of my head. But Daniel Garcia uh, versus Orange Cassidy for the, all- for the international championship. 
I'm so, so fucking excited for that. Um, that Detroit show looks like it's going to be stellar. And again, I love how good the Detroit shows like, like, I mean, there's only been two, but like they've, they've given Detroit, like Detroit's been eaten for shows. And I appreciate that considering how fucking long it took for them to come to Detroit in the first place. I get it. Pandemic and all that shit. I understand. But you couldn't even make it to Detroit when Brandy still worked for the goddamn company. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So I'm glad Detroit's finally getting some good shit from AEW. Um, Blood and Guts was um, was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, and this, we're going to get hardcore wrestling, but uh, between two of the like top wrestlers in AEW. And it's going to be just violence, but also just so fucking good. I'm so excited for how this turns out. Um yeah, I, I'm. I just cannot wait for that Detroit show, dude. It's gonna be awesome show. FTR is going to speak. And, yes, uh, we that's, have that as well. Uh, they're gonna uh, accept your challenge. So anytime I can see my boys out there, I'm very excited about that. Uh, it's going to be uh it's going to be a great show. Shout out to uh, all the people in Detroit. I am going to make it to Dynamite in Detroit one of these days. I'm gonna make it to a wrestling show in Detroit one of these days. Absolutely. You know, but uh. Yeah, so uh, we're just, yeah, it's going to be an amazing show. we got a lot to look forward to as we build to, uh, as we build to Double or Nothing. And, you know, we're also building to another monument for this show. Absolutely. We're getting so close, so close to to 200, so So close. close. And we're going to be so excited for when that hits. Um, Now, there's only one real other piece of news that we have, uh, and it's a pretty, honestly, Big piece of news considering, like, well, at least through wrestling social media and through internet wrestling. Dude, he's actually trending. Congratulations, Will. As in congratulations to Will Washington. He was announced today. Will Washington is all elite. He was hired on by AEW today. I think he was, like, uh, like a wrestling coordinator. I think that's what it was called. Uh, It was... Yeah, Tony Khan announced it. I thought it was kind of, I thought that was cool because, you know, I know he had left Fightful and I was like, dude, why would he leave Fightful? His job right. just seems like, it seemed like it was solid. Yeah, he's the new wrestling <laughs> administration coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, working many areas of wrestling, live events, social media, creative PR. It just sounds like a, literally, I've used this term tonight, but I'll say it again. Sounds like he's just like a Swiss army knife. Wherever yes. he can fill in, he's going to fill in. I mean, every time I've ever listened to him, you know, he's a bright wrestling mind. Uh, so he is, I am, I am genuinely happy for him to make it. You know, you do the work, you get the job. So congrats to Will Washington on getting that. Yeah, no, absolutely a huge moment for him. I, I like, it's, it's awesome, honestly. You got a guy who, who's been involved with talking about wrestling and just being involved uh, covering it, and now he's working with AEW. Um, it's it's a great moment for him, I'm sure. And like, I feel like not a lot of people have much bad to say about him. And like, he's very intertwined with. I remember, dude, I see him all the time on fucking uh, like Quizzlemania and shit, shit like that. Yeah, so. with all the jealousy that's like in wrestling fandom and all that stuff, you don't hear anything bad said about that. No, man. yeah, absolutely. And, and so that is that speaks to more of his character and you know how I you know how he handles himself on social media. So yeah, good job, uh, Will. Uh, congrats. Uh, the only thing else I wanted to bring up on the countdown to 200, I was going to throw this out there. Yeah, we are 
We're going to be trying to do stuff, have guests on, get shout outs, all that stuff. But dude, the banger, the banger, our new intro that is coming. Oh my God. All right, it's coming for episode 200. I'm like, I got an itchy trigger finger. They're like, uh, Rich Lotta, genius, genius, Rich Lotta. Uh, say go ahead and he's like I'll oh, go ahead and let it go and I was like dude no I'm gonna wait for 200 I'm gonna wait for 200 and it's just like yeah um, I, I'm excited for everybody to hear it uh, a few people close to me Austin being one of them have heard it and, and I haven't heard one person not say it's amazing so I shit's only fire. shit's fire I only say that to point you to if you have a podcast or you know have something and need an intro Go to Fiverr.com, Danger32. That's Mr. Rich Lotta. He has very, very reasonable prices <laughs> on making your song. Literally, I told him. <laughs> I'm trying not to stop sneezing. Sorry. I told him at like 6 o'clock in the morning, I want the 200, right? By 2 o'clock, I went to sleep. By the time I woke up, he was done crazy like bars beat everything and it was exactly what i want actually hold on hold on that's a lie it was better than what i wanted to better yes. than what i could expect it completely fire dude i was like man we should add more and just make this a whole damn song that's how good it was so he is my favorite producer second favorite rapper i mean eminem being number one but i love you love me some rich go ahead and check him out uh, he's at Rich Lotta Thirty Two on uh, on Twitter. Make sure you support him. You support him. Get your fire song. Hey man, you might just want a theme song to work out to. Hit up Rich. He got dude, you, dude. Dude, yeah, he gets he gets on that shit. And he does he does good at it too. Yeah, so I just wanted to put him over. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, I think that's gonna close it though for this episode of All Things Elite. We're so close to 200. Guys, thank you so much for supporting us and for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribed and you have notifications on so that way you never miss an episode. We know we can be a little bit frantic sometimes and other things can get in the way. So make sure you have notifications on if you want to make sure you get every single episode of this show. Um, And be sure to keep downloading this show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you listen to us, share us around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Um, leave a rating and a review. It really does help. And you can follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. Also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows that you should check out. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, if you need me for the next I don't know, fucking at least week or two. Um, I will be deep into uh, listening to the new Ed Sheeran album, probably crying my eyes out. Uh, Subtract is going to be amazing. Uh, the Marvin Gaye estate can eat my ass. Uh, you cannot own chord progressions. That entire case is bullshit, and I hope that it finally gets resolved because you're literally in like almost seven plus days of the damn trial, and it's stupid as shit. Uh, you cannot own chord progressions. It is pop music, for God's sakes. That is all I will say on that. And also, Ticketmaster, fuck you for fucking me out of a pre-sale code to be able to go see him at Royal Oak. You're a bunch of bitches. I don't like you. Uh, that's all I got to say. Um, and I will pass it off to my boy Floyd so he can take us home on this episode 
of all things elite. I will see all of y'all in Detroit uh, for that for that dynamite. It's gonna be dope. I wonder. A random thought. I wonder if Satnam Singh's overalls is like in the Guinness Book of World Record for largest overalls ever. It has to be, and also it's got to be one of the greatest images I've ever seen in wrestling. Dude, no shirt, no overalls, and then holding a <laughs> holding a baby, yeah, holding uh, a baby that yeah. completed the look. Yes, uh, Satnam Singh. You know, I think they're doing well with him. You know, like getting him into the. Uh, you know, like he's you're making him a normal face he's not just this dominant giant person so i think that's really cool but thank you to everyone that has listened to our show minute or second or whatever we're going to be trying to show our appreciation i haven't exactly how decided how i'm going to do that as far as as we get towards the 200 because i do know there are a lot of my friends and family listen every week just to support me a lot you know austin's friends and family listen every week to support him so we want to try to do something try to do giveaways i just i have a lot of stuff here i just got to decide which you know you know the good shit so i can give it away because i'm I'm not trying to give away stuff i don't want i want to give away good shit so no uh we're gonna try to do something to just show everybody our appreciation i don't know what it is but i'm working on it and for that i will say be nice to everyone. Uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I did not know that. On May 1st, I actually took a mental health day from work. Just like I had been burning the candle both ends, working out, working. I just like, you know what? I just need a break. I need a day. And I was able to take it. It wasn't even that big deal. I didn't even think of it as that. But then I thought, found out it was mental health awareness. I, do, I say this about mental health. Do whatever you need to do to get through the day. Whether it is therapy, whether it is talking to friends, whether it is prayer, whatever whatever it is that it takes you to get through the day that doesn't harm anyone else and not harming yourself. Yeah, I don't want you drinking all day. You know, I mean, whatever it takes to get to the day, make sure you look into it. And this month is to take a, take a moment to reflect inside of yourself to see what is working for you what is not working for you and your uh your body your life should always be a continuous improvement session as in you should always look ways to improve and deal with your day-to-day and you know work and school and the muck and the unexpected shit that comes up that gets on your mood because i can honestly say for about the last month i know no one will be able to tell by the show but for the last month, I have not been in the best mood. Uh, and it took me literally talking to people and actually admitting that I had not been in the great, greatest mood ever and why I wasn't in the greatest mood ever to actually start getting me on the path of being in a better mood. And it was like, for me, it was embarrassing, so I'm not going to say it on here. But uh, yeah, I'm glad that I'm on the path of getting better. And I hope... You all can doing what you can to take care of yourself. And with that, I will leave you how I always leave you. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.